I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. listeners welcome back to another episode of the chaos and cookies podcast it is mid-february freezing cold in the middle of this ice storm so if you're listening to this know that we're still alive and it i'm currently looking out my window and it looks like it's snowing again wonderful and i'm hoping everyone is staying safe and warm And speaking of chilly and cold, we have my dear friend, Carrie Ryan. She is in Missouri, and she is our guest for today. And before I bring her on, I want to give her a little bit of an intro. She is the founder and CEO of Moxie Way. I love that name, by the way. She is a mom of six kids, y'all, six. I have three. I thought that was hard. She's got six. And she is an entrepreneur, and she helps other business owners create a strategy around their brand and ecosystem and really all the things, but specifically on those things. And she's a branding ecosystem genius in my mind and my new BFF. And we met online and want to welcome you. Hi, Carrie. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you are here. We were able to carve out some time with all of our crazy kids First, how are you? Because I know you are dealing with the cold and the ice storm up there. Uh, we were doing okay. We never, we never lost power, but we didn't have water for a long time. And we lost internet for several days, which as an online entrepreneur is almost torture. <laughs> um, oh, yes. But this morning, our, our pipes did freeze. So we are, we are in it to win it with the rest of the South Midwest. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's just horrible. And I can't believe it's snowing again. I just looked outside, didn't even know it was, I thought we were done. Um, I, we had no power. It was freezing cold. Our water is back at least knock on wood for now as a trickle. We're still boiling. It's just terrible. It's like almost, I've been through hurricanes. I've been through an ice storm, like when I was in fourth grade. And I think we went to a friend's house to sleep because they had heat. And so I just, and so I just, um, hate this. I hate being cold. I think it's crazy. I think I'd rather be in a hurricane just be, I mean, I guess because it's flooding, but this is like cold, at least in the hurricane, you're not cold. Yeah, I grew up in the Southern California earthquake territory, and I think I prefer earthquakes. Too. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. <laughs> I've never done the earthquake okay. thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I growing up in California, it you just get used to it. You sleep through them at this, you know, at some point. <laughs> yeah, we are just, and I think with kids, it's super hard because you're trying to keep them warm and trying to keep them focused. And then their schedule, like with six kids, I'm sure you have some sort of fun, like routine. I mean, when we had no power and it, we, their night lights didn't work, the sound machines didn't work. I actually texted you asking you for a sound machine, like sound, because go figure Facebook and Instagram are the only messengers that were working with nothing else happening. And it's like, what do you do? You don't think about the battery powered stuff. Yeah. So our bedroom routine was just 
done. So we couldn't get settled, no bath, no light light, no, they're scared, they're cold. It was just like, so how are you dealing? Yeah, I mean, there's really no better podcast title name for me to be guest speaking on other than chaos. (laughs) Because... That's the best way to describe the situation in my home. No, I, my husband and I are both entrepreneurs. Actually, my husband owns a video game production company. So we are, you know, busy, busy in every tiny little part of the schedule that we can grab bits of work time in. Um, And we also homeschool our kids. So this weather has definitely put regular life on pause. Um, But systems. I mean, I'm great at systems for people's businesses, but when it comes to managing the home, I definitely struggle a bit more on the typical, um, what is it? Housewife and, uh, domesticated, not domesticated. (laughs) Well, who cooks in your, in your family? Um, my husband cooks a lot, but not well. Okay. We want well-cooked meals. (laughs) I have to take a break and go cook the meal. That's so funny. I haven't, I didn't know how to cook until about two years ago. And I was finally like, I can't be feeding my kids frozen chicken nuggets and, you know, pizza all the time. So I have to give them something healthy. So I love my cookbook, Cook Once, Eat All Week. It's a meal prep friendly, but it's super easy. Uh, I live and die by that. So we just actually came up with a plan last night that I'm going to get Mondays to finally meal prep and get back and doing, cause he is always like, aren't you going to, you know, you used to cook all the time. I'm like, well, I, you know, it's with COVID and I, you don't buy half the things I need because you don't like half the things. So he doesn't know where to sub. And I just don't go out as much as I do for the grocery store. So it's just, you know, we're, but that's what we're going to try, try to do. Um, but it's important to kind of keep a routine. I can, and we, that's how we kind of like connected. We connected through a mutual group that we're in for coaching program. And you're like, I need some chaos and cookies in my life. And even your picture behind you for the listeners who can't see uh, family is the perfect blend of love and chaos. <laughs> I love that so much. I mean, I started... It even, it even has paint on the edge because my kids got into paint. My two-year-old got into his fingers up on it. Oh my gosh. How funny. I mean, I think, you know, it's so hard, especially running a business and being online and then everyone's bandwidth and then you're also homeschooling. So for the listeners, how old are your children? So our kids are pretty close in age. We have all of our four younger boys are about to have birthdays. Boom, 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 one after another. Um, but they are about to be two, four, seven, and nine. And then our older two are at the end of the year birthdays. So they just had their birthdays and they are, um, I'm just like trying to remember, six kids. Remembering <laughs> birth dates all at once on any type of paperwork is really, really hard as well. Um, our daughter is 10 and our oldest son is 12. So oh my gosh. Boys and one girl. The struggle is real. I actually have a ring. We had one made in like Roman numerals and it has everyone's birthday because my kids' birthdays are 15, 13, whether it's a year or the actual date. So it's like, which 
like I oh, and there two of them are in the same month. And so I just look and I'm like, uh, yeah, it's all in order. Because <laughs> it's, it's a real thing. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's actually, something that we it, we always thought was really fun is our kids have birthdays in descending order in the year. So it goes from youngest to oldest throughout the calendar year. That's, <laughs> that's great. I mean, it makes it easy. <laughs> and then your birthday is somewhere in there. And so is your husband, yeah, right? Actually, one of our sons was born three days before my birthday. And then another one of our sons was born three hours after my husband's birthday. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. My husband almost got a birthday twin, um, but baby was not coming as fast. <laughs> How funny. And my husband's is the day after Christmas, so it's super easy to remember. <laughs> and mine's exactly a month after. So it's like, you know, but the 15s and the 13s are a real struggle for me. Cause it's like, uh, which one, uh, you know? So anyway, so most of our listeners are business owners or moms are juggling it. They're always looking for tips, tricks, hacks, time-saving tips, those types of things. Six kids, two entrepreneurs in the home, insane. And you are also launching something new soon. And I'm super excited about it. But for anyone that's listening for maybe, because you, Moxie Way, let's talk a little bit more about like what Moxie Way is and how you can help and what your typical client would be needing help with. Yeah. So a lot of our clients come to us because they, they lack a strategy in their value ladder or they don't have a value ladder at all for their company. They might have one, one larger program or they might have a monthly subscription membership, um, but they're not really catching the, the, um, the needs of, of every part of their audience. Um, so, so is your value ladder kind of like a product suite or? Yeah, it's a product and service suite. Yeah. From, from, you know, anything from, from $0 on up to however high, however high of a value you can offer other people. Um, and really just developing different, different opportunities within a value ladder so that you're not, you're not leaving your audience to go find what they need somewhere else. They can find something that they need within what you offer. And you know, whether that's at a very low point or a midpoint or, or a high point, they're, they're able to come in and be nurtured. That's another thing that we are big on is our actual nurture method. And it is how we explain um, really the workflow and the work day. Um, we, we work on efficiency in your business. And uh, one of those things that we, we focus on is the four quadrants of the nurture, which are lead nurture. Uh, I'm sorry, lead generation is first, then lead nurture, and then member nurture, and then ecosystem nurture. So we, we talk about how you should be actually spending 25% of your time and effort in your business in every single quadrant so that you're not, you're not leaving things to go dark or dormant. You're focusing on all of those things at any, at any given point in your business. And we give systems and strategy to um, really time block your time. We do a lot of time blocking around here. That's how we run our household. That's how we homeschool and work. <laughs> it's how we do all things is time blocks, but you can time block yourself and make sure that you're not, you're not leaving certain areas of your business exposed. And, um, and you're not, and, and then other parts of your life as well. 
I mean, so even in our program, we have an alignment, um, a lifestyles alignment part, portion of our program or our, even our high ticket program where we have actual coaches come in and teach nutrition support and mental health support because we want the full, the full focus of the entrepreneur to be in alignment, not just for their business, but also for their life. And so important. So important because I think when you are building a business and you and I both know, I mean, I'm, you've been in business for quite a while and I'm, I call myself babypreneur. I've been in business for a year, but really like getting it going. And so when you're building something and you're so focused, you lose track of things. You start slipping in other areas because it's like, I'll do it later. But then in you get sucked in the black hole of doing that's why time blocking we've I've, I did a whole episode on time blocking with multiples because it's so important. And it's also a skill that you have to learn and stick to, because if you go off your time block, then it's what good is it to have? But it's one of those things where it's so important for mental health mindset to get you because when you start building businesses, you start questioning, like, all right, am I doing the right thing? Is this where I'm supposed to go? Well, maybe I'm supposed to go over here because you start, you know, building. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think one of the, one of the biggest things, especially for entrepreneurs, because a lot of entrepreneurs are success driven, they are results driven and they measure their success or their, um, their aptitude in what they're doing. Uh, based off of the results. And when you are getting, when you're getting sucked into the black hole of, you know, content creation or, you know, one or two things in your business and where you actually need to be spending time in, in multiple areas of your business and you start to see certain areas become neglected. Now you're not seeing movement in those areas. You're not seeing success in those areas. You might even see some backsliding in those areas. And so I think that it trips you up mindset wise, because you suddenly start to see things are failing and you feel like a failure over those things. And it can, I think it could definitely trip most entrepreneurs up when you start to see that imbalance happening in your business. Um, and I think it's taken me a very long time, <laughs> years and years and years of personal development, professional development to realize that, you know, as a CEO, you kind of have to step into that place of, um, project management, which means you don't always get to step into every project. And I think that that's, that's the one thing that took me the longest to, um, to grasp and, and really accept because I, I like to have my hand in as many things as possible. <laughs> oh yeah. And you can't do all the things as a CEO, you really can't. And even, even as like the head of a department, you know, I can't, I can't expect my VP of sales to, handle all of the sales that have to happen in the company. No, he has to, he has to manage the, the sales force, right? He has to train them. He has to make sure that they are ready and equipped and that they have what they need. And that takes his time away from actual selling. So that's another thing that we teach on and talk about is expectations within your, within your company ecosystem, with your, with your employees, with your contracted workers, and, you know, also the expectations of the ecosystem, on the member side too, like your members and your clients, like what, what can you, what can you appropriately expect out of their performance or out of what they can do? And I, I think structuring your programs with that in mind as well, just structuring your programs with that in mind that your, your people are human beings and there's going to be a level of human error 
and you don't want to pile too much on because oh, yeah. they'll start to feel like a failure in certain areas and that, and that can definitely bottleneck. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that, you know, we call it like staying in your zone of genius as well. Like we're not, we like to think, we like to think we're good at everything, but someone can always come along and do it better. And it's surrounding yourself with people that can do it better than you because it's the only way you're probably going to go forward because you, you have to be open in that mindset. And if you just don't stay in your zone of genius, then you're kind of losing sight of why you did it in the first place and who you're really trying to help. And why am I over here? Well, it's because I have to do this and you get sidetracked because maybe you were dealing with an issue or something where then you got like maybe you saw something that was like looking kind of cool and you kind of got like off and you're like, that should be, I shouldn't even been doing that. So surrounding yourself with people that are better at it than you and stay in your zone of genius to keep what you are and let it go, which is hard. It's hard. It's hard. And I think, I think too, with, with that, I mean, you, I think, I think most entrepreneurs desire to stay in their zone as well and stay in their lane, but there's, there's so many things that have to happen in order for you to launch that product or launch that service. And now you're wearing all of these hats in your business because you're probably in a place where you're, you're understaffed and you have, you have, you're overwhelmed because there's not enough people to do the things. And so you're having to step into, um, hats and, uh, different, different, uh, uh, tasks that you wouldn't normally do well on your own. Like I, I'm a storyteller, but I don't love technical copy when I have to sit down and write technical copy for email sequences or anything like that. And that is a huge bottleneck for me Mm. in a real bad way. So I think that, um, I think that one of the things that I've been reminding a lot of, a lot of my friends in the industry who are in that position where they're wearing, you know, 25 hats when they really should only be like owning their like two or three is whatever you do, don't stop nurturing. Like there's, you have zero business if you have no nurtured audience. So mm-hmm. if you're spending too much time building that program, building that course or, or working on the content creation and you're neglecting your nurture, you're neglecting those connections with actual human beings, the ones who are going to become interested in what it is that you have to offer them, then you don't have anything to launch. You don't have an audience to even launch to, right? Like that's number one thing I remind people is no matter what, you should be spending at least 25% of your time nurturing your audience. Absolutely. Because they want to feel like you care after you're buying, they're buying into you or following you or no like and trust factor. Mm -hmm. Then you kind of lose that trust. Like, wait a minute. So it's all about building relationships. I mean, I harp on that like so much. You, I mean, it's all about you caring. People only care about people if they ca- if you know they care, right? It's just the human form. So you have to be able to set aside the time of stopping, stop looking forward and like the next best thing or what else I could do and be like, okay, this is what I've done. Let's look at that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Nurture's, nurture's a big Nurture, I think nurture is, is oftentimes it's the, it's the simplest concept and it's often the most neglected because it's, it's urgent and important, but a lot of people don't see it as urgent. They, they see a lot of, they see it as important and not urgent. I think it's urgently important, (laughs) but I think that a lot of other, 
um, professionals would say, uh, like the nurture and the audience is important, but then you've got the urgent things that come in place and, and it's those Im important things like nurture that should take the cake of the foundation. It's like, have you ever seen that analogy? And I don't even know who this came from, but where um, it was like a, a physical illustration of a jar and there, there were like three bigger rocks and then pebbles. And when you try to put all of the pebbles into the jar, you can no longer fit the big rocks. But if you put the big rocks in first and then pour the, the pebbles in, the, like the you know, sand in, on top of those bigger boulder, you know, bigger rocks inside, you, you're able to actually get all of the sand inside. So the idea there is to make sure that things like nurture, which is highly important for your business, it, to make sure that it gets in the jar first before you try pouring in all of the other sand, like building out extra content and X, Y, Z, right? Oh, wow. That's an amazing analogy because it's such a visual. Have you, you not seen it? <laughs> no, I mean, I think I've seen like a rendition of that, but I think, no, I have, I mean, maybe, but I don't, I don't recall it, but that's such a really great analogy where it's so important and you can totally see like, what's your big rocks almost and then put the sand in. It's that way for life too. I mean, even as an entrepreneur, as a mom with six kids, you know, who are homeschooling, I have to decide, you know, what are those non-negotiable things that we have to make sure happens in our daily life or in our weekly life with our kids? And, you know, what, what are those things that cannot be compromised on by, by the external things like, like running a business. Obviously running a business is important. Our business is our livelihood. It, it's important, but the, the witness that we are to our children and raising our children to become, you know, healthy functioning adults in life is an investment in and of itself. And ultimately our biggest investment and our most important investment that we have to decide, you know, what parts of, of their day and, and our interaction and relationship building with our children and mentoring of our children is our, make up those bigger boulders. And those have to get put into the jar before we start piling in work commitments or um, you know, partnership commitments. Because I mean, I think I spend more time on collaborations than I do on like forward-facing content even. You know, like I have, I'm such a connections person and I even have to take a step back sometimes and, you know, kind of do an audit with my husband and, and, okay, are we neglecting some of those bigger boulders that our children actually need in these years while we're rearing them that are being compromised by putting other bigger boulders that are related to work commitments or, or, you know, even friend commitments that, you know, maybe I can't put into my 24 hour day. Right. Right. Absolutely. I think we all try to reassess that and remember that and you just don't want to do it too late. I'm also trying to like be better about, you know, I now I'm going to be conscious about Mondays being meal prep days. Fridays are my days where I play catch up and I really try hard to just take some time for me and then work really hard. And then I've made some adjustments to where now I can be more available after school for them because I don't want them to come home and always see me work. And mm -hmm unfortunately and fortunately, right? Cause it's, it's a double edged sword. It's so easy to work off of a phone, off of a computer. You have a mobile, you have a computer in your pocket. So, you know, it's, it's like one of those things where you just have to really 
watch yourself too at the same time. And I even put like the bedtime reminder, like try to get myself to go to bed. And I just find myself like dismissing it. It's still going to I'm like, it's just put in place for a reason, but I just can't seem to be like, right. So <laughs> it's following those steps too. I'm, I have always been such a rebel and I even rebel against those timers. <laughs> even though they're there and then <laughs> I put them there like I put it there to wind down to turn things off and I'm just like snooze oh yeah like right now I'm supposed to wake up at 6 a.m and because you're supposed to get like your 10 or I think I even have it as eight hours in there like to snooze at 10 10 to 6 a.m and I'll find myself like moving the dial to like 6 15 <laughs> it's like Wah. like oh it's awful and it's that I like, we'll turn, you know, I've been turning it off since there's no school, but it's funny how we put those into place with the best intentions. And then it's like really committing, but you also have to be in that place to commit too. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to care about it too. I mean, it's taken me a really, it's, it's actually taken me falling into adrenal fatigue to decide, okay, yes, my sleep matters and eating regularly during the day matters and getting some movement matters. My sister is a health coach and um, she focuses highly on women's hormones and postpartum even. And I consider myself to be in a perpetual state of postpartum <laughs> because I mean, you do have six children, <laughs> children. Um, but no, I mean, I, I've learned that, you know, also like running yourself bone dry in business is also not good. Um, and I actually, I have a friend who really actually not only slipped into adrenal failure, but developed cancer over it. Mm. Because it was just go, 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 go. And constantly like running herself ragged in her business. And she had to take a very serious step back for, you know, six to eight months in her business. Thankfully her business didn't lose steam. She did build in really good ecosystems and really good, um, really good infrastructure in her business so that you know, her coaching and course business didn't suffer, but there, there are, there are definitely, um, I think really important. I mean, that's why we teach ecosystems and that's why we, we teach structure even in our program, because you, you need to take care of yourself, but like what happens in the event of a rainy day, you know, if, if you are the soul, I mean, this is one of the reasons why, and I will say it 10 times over, every day of the week if I have to. This is one of the reasons why I never wanted Moxie to be my face because should I have to step out or should I have to take a break or take a step back or just not be in, in the limelight, my face does not represent the company. The company is represented by a series of experts who come in and, and teach all the things, right? Like mm -hmm. I could on all the things if I if I truly desire to I don't I actually don't desire to teach every single little thing to CEOs I think and I think that some things are better said by people who aren't uh, who are much better experts than I am at at those at those areas right so um I I preferred to set up the structure of my business to not have me as the face so that if I needed to step out my, my audience, my, our clientele is not there. They don't believe that they're, that the worth in what we're offering has now gone down because I've had to take a step back, right? Like our worth in our value, our value in our, in our programs and in our content is coming from 
several different experts at a time. But and then you also set up the, like the disappointment when they don't get you. Right. I think that's true. I mean, I, I've gotten into programs in the past where I, I definitely believed I was, I was buying into a program with a particular person. And then I got into that program and found out that I actually didn't get any access to that person whatsoever. And it was, it was a huge, it was a huge disappointment. And I think that, you know, that's, that's one of those things that you really don't want to have happen in your user experience when you spend all of this time nurturing that relationship and nurturing, nurturing that person in their growth to be to the point where they're ready for you. They're ready for that relationship. They're ready for that, that, um, the value that you have to put into them. And, um, and then they get into your program and instantly they're, they're disappointed because it's not what they thought they were getting. And so it just starts off on a bad foot, right? And a lot of times those members or clients won't voice that. They won't even say that they're disappointed. So it's, and, and then the lack of communication can go, can go down. That's a very slippery slope too, right? So, I mean, really just making sure that you've, you have a well thought out infrastructure and a well thought out ecosystem. You want to make sure that when, when people mature through your, 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 uh, what we call a nurture funnel, when you, when you have people mature through and they go from, from prospect to super fan, you want to make sure that they're walking along that nurture road and there's, there's as little chance as possible along that road to be disappointed and, and slip up or, or not, not get what they expected. Right. So building, building a very quality, quality structure for each of your, your nurture funnels, which we consider a nurture funnel to be each individual service or program that's offered is its own nurture funnel that you are maturing somebody through. So we teach a lot about and, and really structure those funnels within your business. Yeah. I mean, it's so, so important. I've, I've, you know, listening to all that. I mean, I know for me, if I sell something and it's going to be access, I don't want to ever try and create something that they don't ever get me. If it is something that that's what they're wanting, because I think it's so important to create relationships and I enjoy connecting with people just like you. And so being able to deliver on what you really are. So you're not disappointing people. Cause I, same, same boat here where I've signed up for things. It's like, wait, I don't get access, but you're buying into that person and I'm not buying into their coaches. Yes, I am, but still like you have to give them something, right? Just to, even if it's 20 minutes of your time, at least you're feeling like they're acknowledging you for, for buying into their business. Right. So, I mean, it's just showing appreciation and gratitude too, because not everyone's a number because every, you know, those numbers, those, those dollars spent or your bottom line is still a person. Right. Exactly. And I think that, I think that's lost. I think that's lost a lot of times in leadership, especially, especially sometimes when, when you're not spending as much time. Have you ever seen the movie, The Intern with Anne Hathaway? Yes. I adore that movie because I'm just like, she's playing me, or at least, you know, I dream of having that kind of like group working space. Um, <laughs> But no, I love how it depicts that, yes, she's the CEO, but she spends time on customer calls. She spends time in the warehouse fixing problems. Like that is the CEO and they, sh and, and you have to remember to not lose sight of and, and not lose traction in understanding where people are at at the different levels of your company as well. 
um, or even the member experience. So I think, I think sometimes when we, we get distracted by um, all of the tasks and all of the things that need to get done, that we start to lose touch with what is happening at the member level, at you know, the, the sales level, at the different levels. And I think that the, the, the measure of a good leader is knowing, knowing what each, each group of people in your organization are experiencing because you've spent some time stepping into their space and, and, and be, I think, I think that is the measure of a good manager, a good leader is the ability to step into the space of the different people within your organization and sit at the table with them and have a conversation with them, not superior to them. Right. Yeah. So I, I think that's vitally important in, in a business is that you're capable of doing those things. Um, and, and if you're not capable of doing those things, grow into becoming capable of doing those things. So, you know, yeah. hire, hire that coach who can help you get there. Hire, hire that support team that can help mentor you to that place. Right. That's I'll true. never, no matter how much money I'm making, I will always have, I will always have a mentor. I believe that full, fully that no matter where you're at in life, whether, you know, and, and it's kind of doubly for me as an entrepreneur, I have business mentors and I'm always mentoring. I think that, I think that's, that's really important. Even in life, just on the life side, on the mom side, even having, having a mentor who's pouring into me, like a more veteran mom from where I'm at. And then I'm pouring into other moms for where they're at. Right. I think stewardship is, is, is highly, highly important. And you know, that you're always mentoring and mentoring other people. Absolutely. Cause you're never, you're always looking to grow. You're never not learning. And it's always like, you'll always find someone a step ahead. So just because you're mentoring others, doesn't mean that you're like, you've, you figured it all out. It's, Hey, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And it's important to show them too, that you're also like leading by example, because wow. I mean, you were just a few steps ahead of them, but there's also, you know, the others, right. And we've had, I've had that conversation with, with, um, a a close friend of mine as well, who is a mindset coach. And, uh, we talked about that too, always having a coach. And once you feel like maybe you've grown out of that coach, which is okay. If you have to move on from your coach, because you've learned everything and you've need to advance further, that's okay. And you go find someone else that can help you develop now that you're good in that spot. Right. Yeah, and so. it's okay to move on. It's also okay to move on faster than you think you needed to. So say you get into 12, I actually have, I have another friend who, um, colleague in, in the, in the coaching world, and she hired a coach, a business coach that, that she needed right then for what, what that coach presented. And it is a 12 month program. And she's, I want to say two or three months into it, but she's already feeling like she's outgrown that coach. Like that coach unfortunately is not going to last the entire 12 months for her. She's if fortunately and unfortunately, right? Like if, if, if yeah. that serves the purpose that they needed to serve, it's okay to move on. I think that is a potential slippery, slippery quicksand uh, situation as well. If you have it in your mind that you want a particular ROI return on investment in, in a coaching experience and you think that it has to be time-based rather than, you know, value-based, then you might, you might say no to the next coach that comes along because it's, it's still within that time period. You think you should be 
you know, learning and growing from the coach that you hired. Maybe it's time to hire another coach. I've done that too, where I got into a program or I got into a coaching experience and before it was supposed to be technically over, it was time for me to move on. Mm. And I think that's important too. I, I think that, I think that can trip people up because you, you think that you think that you should experience an ROI from, from even from a business experience, you might be involved in a business venture or business opportunity. You're like, no, I've, I've got to see this to the end. Like I've got to see this out. I've got to see this to the end because I put the effort and the investment into it. It has to produce what I thought it would produce, but really that opportunity is done. Like you are trying to pull from something that has already died in essence, and it's time to move on, even though you didn't get the ROI you thought you were going to get from, from that investment. So I think, I think that that, I mean, you can, that applies that, I think that concept applies to everything in life. Um, but especially business and I, I'm actually seeing it more, more times than I thought I would in the last even two weeks of, of women coming to me and talking to me about their experiences. And that is, that is one of the experiences they're talking about is that, that, um, inner wrestle of, okay, but I paid for this program. It's a 12 month program, but I'm no longer getting out of it what I need. And I know that I need this thing over here, but do I get that too? Because now I'm spending more money or now it's, now it's, you know, so I, obviously you're looking at Inve- investment costs. I'm not a money person. It is the money person. I make sure things are connected correctly, right on Stripe and, and QuickBooks and all of that. But I mean, at the end of the day, as long as it makes financial sense, I would say, go get what you need now. Like go, you need to continue growing and you need to continue refining. And if you're, if the refiner's fire that you hopped into is no longer burning, you have to go find another refiner's fire that is going to continue to mold you yeah. into a better version of what you went in as, right? Absolutely. Well, you have so much knowledge. That's why we are friends because we talk, I think we talk like every day now since we've met. We went out like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what happens. Anytime soon. <laughs> no, I mean, I love it. I love it so much. So I love to have you back. There's so much that you can teach my listeners and me. And I know that you have something big coming up that I wanted you guys to share that wanted you to share with them before we ran out of time, because you have an opportunity to educate lots of people on these things and tell us a little bit more about that, where we can find you about all this knowledge and wisdom that you teach. Yeah. So we, uh, we have just assembled this amazing, amazing group of experts in all sorts of areas of business. Um, so, you know, copy and advertising and funnel building and, um, strategy, structure, ecosystems, just all, all the things, right. And especially lead generation and social selling sales, attraction marketing, Um, so we have actually structured together the Moxie way and the Moxie way is something that is my, my literal dream, dream brand that, you know, we are just so excited to finally get off the ground and launch. And we have got it all tied up into a pretty little bow. Um, but we've got a couple of tiers that we are launching in a little over a week. And that first tier 
uh, to serve, really serve the, the selling, sell, selling professionals, those who sell, whether you own your own business or you contract with other people, um, other coaches, for instance, like there's actually a whole new industry starting right now with, you know, you've heard of virtual assistants who do administrative type tasks. Well, now they're starting to be um, a social selling industry where you've got virtual social sellers who go in to a particular coaching company and do the lead generation relationship marketing and sales for that coach or that company selling those programs and services. So what we do in the Moxie Social is we do ongoing um, accelerators and growth training as well as um, actual mock trials to practice all of those things, lead generation, the co starting conversations, learning the personality types of people so that you can talk to them the right way. I mean, the list is, is quite endless actually, but we, we focus a lot on the social selling aspect of your business model and what, what it is that you have to do in order to sell your program, sell your, sell your services. So the Moxie Social is, is opening up uh, on March, uh, I want to say March 5th is when it's opening up. We have a, we have a free retreat that we are running from March 1st to March 5th. And we are going through the strategy and structure of your value ladder as, as well as, uh, the, the nurture selling that we teach. Um, so it's going to be a really great opportunity to come and learn about, uh, what we call nurture selling and uh and we're going to talk about ecosystems as well and and touch on your value ladder in in that in that retreat training so you can get to that retraining retreat registration <laughs> that's a mouthful um by going to the moxieway.com um and signing up for our most recent uh retreat and um and then we've got an even bigger a, a Moxie CEO program that we offer that uh, just really, really builds the full strategy and infrastructure of your business from top to bottom for an entire 13 months. It's a, a high touch, high engaging strategy specific um, program. And it's, it's meant to uh, really get you from point A to point B, reevaluate, get you from point B to point C, reevaluate again. So there's, there's a lot of, a lot of high touch in, in what we offer in the Moxie CEO as well. So we're really excited to launch all of that in the beginning of March. And we are kicking it all off with the, uh, with the, with the retreat. So join us. We're, we're excited. Yes. And I will make sure that all the links and all the things are in the notes and linked to posts and all the things. So you guys can go find her because I will be there. I will be there at this retreat, listening and learning and super excited about what you are offering. And I hope you guys want and go and check that out again. You can find her, um, at Moxie way of her website. And then do you have social handles that you can, um, so anyone can follow you? I mean, and that's, and I am, I am happy to admit my, my, uh, uh, where I fall short. I am not a social media gal. I am definitely one of those CEOs that stays way out of the limelight. Um, and I let my people do their thing. Um, but we are actually starting new handles and we're going to make it fun and entertaining and not at all like your typical business page. 
Um, but we are, uh, you can find us as um, Moxie, uh, the Moxie CEO. And we are going to make it fun on social media because at this point, social media should be fun. Am I right? <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why you're also just a caveat. My own plug is my Instagram bootcamp. She is currently taking and learning some things. So we are hopefully going to help her in that area. Right. And so again, we're always learning from each other and we'll go and go follow her and check her out and check out what she's going to be learning too. Cause she's going to be putting some of this stuff into place soon. I hope. And good luck with the retreat. And I would love to have you back for more and more because you just have so much to, to share. And so I really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. This was, this was so fun. This was actually, I want to mark this as I am no longer a podcast virgin. Yay. This is your first podcast interview. My first. This is my first. And we are definitely starting our own podcast. Do not quote me on the date. <laughs> oh, coming soon, I am, guys. I am bit by the podcast bug. That is for sure. It's fun. Well, we will definitely have you back. And you and I, of course, will be talking. And thank you again for being here. Guys, go check out Carrie, the Moxie Way, all the things. Go check out her retreat. We will make sure that we have all the links, all the things. And you can find her. She, I find her on, on Facebook, actually, under Carrie Ryan. And... We will um, catch you guys later on the next episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. Thank you again, Carrie. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, listeners. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.